Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. We are presented by the Modern Podcast Network. I'm JD. How are you doing, Steven? I'm good. Episode five was slow, but I felt like it was the juiciness of this one was in the details, right? However that saying goes. I, I think you're right. Um, it was almost super exciting for me. We'll get into it. I, I almost, almost won our bet, but not quite. I will next week. Let's do the recap. Alright. So the scene starts. Lester's. I don't know why he's looking for socks in a gun shop, but he's looking through a pile of irregular socks. I think in Minnesota they just all the stores sell guns. Just, yeah. So it's a flashback, and he's just looking for socks. And. We find out, you know, he tries to bargain $2 for their regular socks, half women's socks. That's not so, enough. So oh, let, let, let's, let's explain though. There's, there's, a, uh, there's just a, a big basket of socks in the middle of the store and they're irregular. And he asked the, the, the person at the counter what that means. And the guy's like, oh, there's half of them are women's socks and are like ha- half of the pairs of socks in the in the bundle or women's socks or something right. and so uh he's the lester's like okay that's fine <laughs> they're socks um so take grabs a pair takes them to the counter and he's like how much is it and the guy's like the sign says the irregular socks are best offer so what's your best offer and lester lester starts he's like three dollars and the guy just stares at him <laughs> and so the Lester move is to just keep going up. Not to like say, okay, you counter. Like that's my <laughs> offer. What's your offer? He just goes $5. Guy still stares at him. So he goes $10. At this point, he's spending way too much money on these socks already. The guy realizes that Lester doesn't know what he's doing and is a little gullible. So he says, how about you take the socks and this shotgun for 60, $65? And next thing we know, Lester has a shotgun. Yeah, I didn't know that was a good deal, but hey, I'll take it. I don't know how much shotguns cost, but maybe in 2006 in Minnesota, that was a good price. Probably not. Knowing how this guy was trying to swindle Lester for <laughs> $15 worth of women's socks when he's looking not looking for women's socks, I think it's probably a bad deal. Um, so next scene, she's at home. He has the shotgun. And his wife just says the rudest thing ever to him. Do you remember what she says? She goes, what are you doing with that? You're not going to shoot anything or something like that? No, she, she says, um, be careful. You might shoot yourself in the head. Oh, yes. And, if and he, says, he says, it's not loaded. It's okay. And she says, if anyone can shoot themselves in the head with an unloaded gun, it's you. His wife said that. That's so mean. <laughs> um, I, I miss her. We haven't seen her for a few episodes. I know. She got a scene in. She, she stole the scene. She, she got a scene in. Yeah. Um, and we later learn that this is, this is the shotgun that um, Malvo uses to kill Officer Thurman, to shoot Officer Thurman in the back um, that fateful day when he kills his wife. Yeah. The shotgun saved his life. The shotgun. Well, it, it saved him from going to jail. Yeah. 
momentarily. Momentarily. Although, I think Malvo would have just done some hand-to-hand combat thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, why would he have killed the cop for him? I guess he's a knight. I don't know why. Well, why did he shoot the cop in the back? Yeah. He's there and it was easy. I think he just feels bad for Lester. Yeah. I would. I, I, I think that he sees a little bit of himself in Lester, this like need to to kill. Um, but Lester doesn't know how to do it and feels bad. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what, what happened after that? All right. After the reenactment, then we go to present day and Lester sitting in the jail cell in between the two games. Well, so I guess before that, this was one other thing we learned about this. And, and the transition to present day is um, when Malvo shoots Officer Thurman with a shotgun, uh, a, a ricochet bullet is what actually hits Lester's hand. Oh, and yeah. and th- this this is what's uh, infecting his hand. I thought right? that was playing clear as day. I, I, I did too. But... Um, Remember, I, I hypothesize the reason why he's not going to the doctor is because he he wanted the bullet to come out. He didn't want to go with the bullet wound, yeah. and then like they would find stuff out because of that. Um, but but so uh, so Lester gets shot in the hand. Um, we learn through the course of the next few episodes that it's become really disgusting and very painful. Ugh. Um, last episode, we saw him with the bandage off, and it's like just yellow oh. and pussy and red. It's disgusting. Um, and we we go back to present day, where we ended last episode. He's in jail with Mr. Wrench and Mr. Numbers. Um, and and I I think we ended last episode with. Um, them the the two goons standing in front of Lester in the jail cell smiling and oh. Lester like just looking totally defeated because <laughs> he he punched the officer to get himself away from a situation that he is now back in um and and so Mr. Wrench and Mr. Numbers are looking for the guy who killed Sam Hess they thought I think less they, they thought that Lester killed Sam Hess yeah. and he killed Sam Hess so he could be all cozy with his wife. Mm-hmm. Turns out the wife is just trying to get more money. Yeah. She just needs the insurance fund. Yeah. That's all yeah. She, she doesn't, she, she doesn't care about Lester. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but right before they kill, they were about to kill Lester. Lester told the goons that it wasn't him it was some. I forget exactly what he said, but like it wasn't him. It was it was someone else. It was this other guy. But like he did. It. He did it. There we go. He said he did it. So now we're in the jail cell, and uh, they're like, "Who's he?" You said he did it. Who's he? He is clearly Malvo. Lester knows not to give up Malvo's name. He knows what Malvo's capable of, so he tries not to. And they do what. People, you know, henchmen would do in that in that circumstance. They get real close to him. Well, one, I was wondering what was happening. One of the guys stood up, yeah. took his shoe off. I thought he was about to smack him with the shoe, or or like pull out a, a knife from his shoe or something. I went to. The, I thought he was gonna hang him with this sock. 
I know that. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't even get to the sock part. I, I thought there was a knife in his in his shoe or something, but he took his shoe off to take his sock off, so that when they pressed down on his hand, they could stuff the sock in his mouth so he wouldn't scream. I just wouldn't want that man's boot sock. He's a big <laughs> dude. That's what I was thinking. That thing is dirty. Like he's a big, you know what I mean? Like in that sock in my mouth, like. They've been in Bimji for a while. I don't think they brought extra clothes. That's what I mean. <laughs> That's true. That's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would imagine though, if, if a guy is pressing on my like infected hand that I'm not thinking about the sock. Lester like goes in and out of consciousness. <laughs> He does. I imagine that is extremely painful. Uh, I feel so bad. Yeah. Man, you're right. He deserves it. Yeah. Um, they he eventually spills the beans. He is Lauren Malvo. Um, Malvo stole his car. It got impounded in Duluth. He might still be in Duluth. He tells him everything. <laughs> everything. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, about about six foot tall <laughs> um and and you know right after that uh, a cop comes over and says that mr wrench and mr numbers can be are, are, are free to go someone paid the bail um <laughs> and mr wrench says what if we don't want to go what if we like being here um and the cop thinks that's a joke he's clearly looking at lester while he says this yeah. Like if he was a cop, a respectable cop, he'd understand something was going on, right? He wasn't just joking around. He was salivating at the sight of Lester, this poor guy. Yeah, just like, like a hyena in line. Yeah, for yeah. real, like a hyena looking at Lester. But he just, <laughs> the cop's like, oh, oh, oh. So Molly, she has this look of just assertiveness on her face like she's not going to take no for an answer bill has told her no for too long and she puts on her coat storms into bill's office and starts telling her all this information as of course bill he's preoccupied with the snow count that's coming down and she starts telling him how she was talking to the office and there's this guy lauren malvo and uh lester knows the name lauren malvo and he had a head injury and the guy at the emergency room had a head injury and Telling him all and his his last call is to yeah, the hotel to the yeah. motel, and uh, the guy there had some coins from the strip club that Sam Hass was, and Sam Hass was talking to the stripper, and the stripper said that he gave a guy a bloody nose. Everything was adding up, and finally, just Bill couldn't ignore it anymore. So, yeah, Molly Molly has been spending the past few episodes building her case. She finally goes to present it to to. Uh, to uh bill oswald um and uh like you said she had that look in her eyes like she wasn't taking no for an answer and i thought honestly that oswald was just going to be like molly i told you to leave this alone and i think he was going to at a point but she kept coming with the info she yeah and at, at some point she just overwhelmed him with facts yeah. that he was like, okay, I think you're right. <clears throat> I think I was wrong. And so Molly was like, okay, we need to talk to Lester. Like, let's go. <clears throat> and also it was like, well, 
he was picked up. He's he's in the county jail. And and she was like, okay, let's go. And and then they, they go eventually talk to Lester. I can't believe after all that she still was like, I know it's not my case, Chief. I'm like, girl, you you solved the case, okay? You solved the case. <laughs> Chief, <laughs> I'm forming a union and we're gonna vote you out because you <laughs> suck. That, that's just how she was raised. That's, that's how people from Minnesota are raised. They're good people. They're better, better people than I. Not Lester, but oh, yeah. everyone else. Not, not Sam Hassiler. Not his wife. Not his wife. Not his kids. Yeah. Not Lord Malvo. <laughs> never, never mind. <laughs> not even Gus, because he's just going to let a criminal go to save his own ass. <laughs> not, not Oswald. He's... Yeah. Just Molly and her dad. Just, just Molly and her dad. Um, next scene is officer gus uh this the fact that he let lauren malvo go in that first episode uh, he was intimidated and let him go and it turns out that he might be the person behind all these other murders just has him feeling so guilty gus feels so guilty and so we see him in his daughter's room with apparently the only computer in the house, which is in his daughter's room, which is like, he's a good dad. I, I, can, uh, I can get behind that. Um, and he's, he's, he just doesn't believe this story. Because um, if, if you remember, last episode, they had Lauren Malvo in the jail. He was locked up, um, but he was able to convince the other police officers that he's actually a priest from another town. He gave him a fake name um, and they convinced him or the name that he was assigned and he has the ID and whatever. And they, he, they convinced him that he's a, he's a, police, uh, he's a priest. Um, and so Gus Googles this man's name. It didn't look like it was Google. It looked like it was some other search engine. 2006, you know, I mean, Google wasn't the, the biggest deal then. It was popping, but no. Maybe it was Yahoo or something. I, I don't quite remember. Um, and he Googles, he Googles the name and there he is. There's a picture of, of Malvo in a church dressed as a priest. That's some good, like cover up work there. That's a legit organization. He's a part of, I told you, I told you, you did tell me that that's, I was impressed by that. I thought there was going to be no picture just, but there was even a picture of him in a, in a church and everything. Um, but then he Googles Lauren Malvo, his actual name, the name that Molly discovered. Yeah. And there's nothing. There's zero search results, which in my mind, Gus looked at that and thought, this has got to be a sham. Hmm. Um, I think coming from a technical background that I do, uh, I, I think it's to be expected in 2006 not to have <laughs> a search result for Lauren Malvo. I'm just saying. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not it's not 2021. It's 2006. But he didn't have his MySpace set up yet. You know, there's. I mean, apparently not. Apparently not. And this this was a big red flag to Gus. No MySpace killer. <laughs> what happens after that? Uh, after that, we see Malvo. He's getting. He sees our lovely pharmacist on the go. And this time he's picking up a police scanner and a single walkie-talkie. So you mean the drug dealer? 
Yeah, yeah, the drug. Yeah, the farm is a son ago. There was there was a, there was a fun there's a fun scene there where the drug dealer tries to sell him, I think, pink walkie talkies. No, it was the pink police scanner. The pink police scanner, and Malvo's like, "Do I look like someone who?" wants a, a pink police scanner and he was like well maybe it's for a, a lady friend or something and Mal was like i don't have any lady friends i don't trust anybody i'm all alone um and the guy's like oh okay <laughs> sorry <laughs> i think he even apologized He's like oh that sucks yeah um yeah so he buys a police scanner and he buys two walkie-talkies no, he well, he only well, he he only he bought one walkie-talkie. That's right. It's unclear. It's clear why he wants a police scanner. Unclear why he wants the walkie-talkie. Yeah, I'm not too sure. And I thought he might have wanted one to communicate with the trainer, but no, obviously not. Obviously not. I don't think he cares about the trainer at all. Do you think the trainer is getting any of the money? I wanted to talk to you about this. There's the scene. Um, so they're they them two together are scamming the supermarket king. Together is a stretch, but sure, together. But they're they're in on it. Yeah. Uh, uh, the trainer doesn't know what's going on, but that's okay. <laughs> um, and it's the day before the drop, and Malvo shows up at this trainer's house, and is like, okay. Um, this is what we're doing. Uh, he does, he fiddles with the phone. What does he do with the phone? Does he like unhook the phone? Oh, uh, no, he calls. the conversation. Wait, what was that? He's reporting the conversation. He hooks it up to the tape recorder. Okay. And and then he calls um, uh, the supermarket king in his like fake voice. And he puts on some fake voice and is like, you know, this is the drop. This is when it's going to happen. This is why you have to do it. Blah, blah, blah. He's, he's further intimidating him. Um, and then the trainer gets all excited. He's like, am I going to be able to use that voice? Am I going to be able to intimidate? Um, oh, it's a million dollars. Like, I'm going to I'm going to build a room out of four, four inch granite. Uh, Clearly, he's not getting any money. Uh, I'm thinking maybe he can get his forty three thousand eight hundred and sixty two or whatever it was. Clearly, he's dying. As soon as the money gets dropped, there's no way. I don't even. So this goes back to our previous conversations. I don't even know why Malvo is looking for this money. I I don't know. I don't even know why he's looking, or he includes the trainer in the scheme. Is he trying to, you know, quit his his day job and wants to relax with a million bucks? I don't know. Um, but. This trainer clearly thinks that he is an integral part of this partnership. Uh, and I imagine he thinks this is going to be a 50-50 split. I'm like, I, his excitement, yes. In my head, I'm even thinking like 100K would be a lot. Yeah, he gave him that much. because What has he done besides picked up crickets? And that's it. He's like gone to, to pet stores to buy crickets. Yeah. And he didn't even release the crickets. Malvo released the crickets. Not yeah. Granted, he he did come. He did sort of find thousands and thousands of crickets. That's it's quite quite a big deal. Um, but he's expecting some money. Uh, I don't think he's getting any money. I don't think he's he's walking away with his life. 
Um, and meanwhile, while he's excited talking about all this stuff, he's getting um, Malvo tricks him into stepping into like a pantry closet. And well, then trick is a stretch. Well, he's, he's sort of like a sleight of hand. <laughs> he's like, hey, hand me your, your drill. Hey, hand me a nail. Hey, stand in there real quick. Then he closes the door and drills his door shut. That's, he, he was smooth. I, I, I'll say I, maybe it wasn't a trick, but he was at least smooth. Is it weird that I don't think that I, I mean, I do think I could do that to another Minnesotan. I could just be like, hey, That's man, just rude. where's your drill? Here you go, sir. You got some screws. It's like you mind stuff, and then they're just like, "Oh, okay." Maybe, but like as soon as he starts screwing, who just stands there and it's like, "Oh, oh what, what are you doing?" Maybe I don't know more because I know it does lock, but come on, man. And then at some point, like, I feel like you can get out of that if you just ram the ram the door with your shoulder. It's one screw. Like it's it's gonna take some effort, but. I feel like that's that's escapable. But anyway, he 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 locks this guy in his closet and the guy's like, hey, what are you doing? And Malvo's like, oh, I don't want you to get cold feet. And he says, I'm not. <laughs> and then he Malvo says, well, good, then just get some rest. <laughs> and he says, well, what if I have to use the restroom? And Malvo says, well, you'll figure it out. You're smart. <laughs> so disrespectful just to lock the man in a closet in his own house his own house it's so disrespectful jeez Ugh. but that's Malvo yeah that's Malvo Cup, we got next scene the wound that I thought was going to cost Lester his freedom possibly saved it explain because then they're going in to question him and when he would have no idea that they're going to come and have all this evidence built up that he would be flustered, he is unconscious. Literally, literally flustered to yeah, the point of yeah. unconscious. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Molly and the new chief show up. Molly was about to just uh, you know, overwhelm him with truth, just like, just like she did um, Bill. Um, but Lester's in this jail cell um, and uh, the, the two henchmen were, were pressing on his hand. He nearly fainted while he was doing that. He was falling in and out of consciousness. As soon as those two guys leave, he throws up. Oh. And so he's, he's barely hanging on right now. And lucky for him, like you said, Officer Molly and Chief Oswalt show up and he just immediately faints. Just and, and not he's not even faking it. No. That is a legit physical reaction to the pain he just experienced. Uh, but Molly, she still has that look, you know, the, uh, that assertiveness in her eyes. She is questioning him in the ambulance. I definitely think Molly thinks he's faking it. I well, do because she's been watching this concussion thing and him avoid stuff. <laughs> Poor yeah. Gus, though. I mean, I mean, uh, poor, poor Lester. This is um, Lester. But you're right. Like he's in the ambulance. He's literally now at this point, um, falling in and out of consciousness. Like per this, like uh, depending on what second it is. Yeah. And Molly's like, "Who did it? Who's this? You, <laughs> you paid him. How much did you pay him?" And and Lester's like, "I never paid him." <laughs> 
and like, okay, but you, you, you just didn't collect money. He came back and didn't want to pay. Right. Like yeah. you definitely were, were paying him. You didn't yeah. pay him. So he came back for you. And he's like, no, I didn't pay him. <laughs> oh, yeah, he just did it for fun. <laughs> That's what I, I thought he might slip, like say something. He just wanted to do it. <laughs> I told him to, and he did. <laughs> oh, yeah. I oh, I killed my wife too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they don't even care about the wife. Right? Yeah, no, no. Out of all, but can we talk about that right now? Why are they not investigating maybe Chief Thurman's death more and the wife? No, let's go. Look, it's all about Sam Hess. You know what I mean? I, I think Molly doesn't care about Sam Hess. I think Molly thinks they're all related or at least Sam Hess and Officer Thurman. And and wow. probably all of them, and so and she cares about oh, Chief Thurman, and like, she's she's trying to solve that murder. But yeah, they're using all Sam. But I'm like, there's two other dead people in the same house that nobody cares about. And like clearly, Sam Hess was not only an asshole, but he was like a drug runner. Yeah. <laughs> so why why is she getting all this praise? I agree. Um, but Molly thinks she's got it all figured out. She doesn't. She's close. She doesn't, but I think she violates this man's rights. That's what I was saying. I, was, I don't think you can legally do that. Yeah, all that info is admissible. And the same thing later we'll find out she sneaks into his house. Like that is not admissible in court. I don't know if they do courts in Minnesota. It's just yes or no kind of thing. Like, I don't know <laughs> if it's like Canadian laws that far north, but... <laughs> but you're right like this isn't she's she's not being a good police officer she's just trying to solve the case but um so lester goes into the hospital um he's clearly he needs to be in the hospital next scene he's he's in the hospital the doctor's like good thing you know he came in when he did he almost lost his arm but he's because we caught it like it's gonna be fine by the way, we pulled out this thing from his arm, like, ha, ha, ha. Oh, how, like, I heard that um, Chief Thurman's wife had a baby, like, yeah. delivered her baby. And Molly was like, hold up. You pulled something out of his arm. What, say more. And he was like, oh, it looks like it's a, a shotgun wound or something. And Molly's like, okay. Like, it's all, it's all fitting together. It's all fitting together for her. So she, she's like, okay, let's collect that. Um, but then... There's nothing she can do. He, she's like, can I go speak with him? And the, and the doctor's like, he's unconscious right now. And so Molly's like, okay. So Chief Thurman's wife delivered her baby. So she's going to go talk to, talk to her. Um, she meets all the other police officers out in the hallway. They're being loud and rowdy because they were kicked out of the, the hospital room. And, and she's like, oh, so you were being too loud five feet over that way and you just moved five feet this way and you're still being real loud and that solved it and and bill was like you're right and so they leave so all of them leave and then we go to i gotta ask you what do you think is the more random scene the next scene or the scene with molly and her friend and the spider bite or i mean the nothing will top the spider bite I mean, this one was random too. Okay. Not really. Tell me why. Explain the scene and tell me why you think it's random. Okay. 
I I like to call this the plight of a father's monologue. Oh my god. <laughs> well, it starts with uh oh Gus is just sitting there. I don't he's a single dad. His, his life's not too bad. Feels like he just had a rough day sitting out looking up facing his window as a small he's, glass he's, of milk. Drinking drinking some milk. He's he's up late. Yeah. It's dark, late at night, he's relaxing. And then he sees peering through on the apartment in front of him through his window is another dad drinking a glass of milk late at night. And then he walks up to that window, the dad across the street, and Gus walks up to his window and that's when he says, my wife thinks I'm loud and my kids hate me. Well, no, no, no. So, so the guy was like, um, why are you up so late? He was like, oh, like, I'm, I, I'm troubled by something. Um, and the other guy's like, Oh, I'm I'm up so late because this is the only quiet time I get, essentially. Yeah. Um, and then because we later learned that this guy is a priest, this guy's like, "Oh, you're troubled. I'm a priest. I should come over and let's talk about it." And so he comes over. Ah, that's why. Okay. But what was interesting to me, he doesn't. He's in his like pajamas. Yeah. And slippers, like slippers. He doesn't change or anything. He just comes over in his pajamas. Well, and it's it's two guys in their pajamas just sitting at the, at the table. I mean, it's more weird at like midnight for me to say your place or mine while we're drinking a glass of milk. Like, I was like, what's about to go down here? Um, no, thank you. Close the window. That's what I'm saying. With the, I was just peering at your wife undressing. Like, I was like, I was so unsure of what was going on. Oh, he that did happen. Yeah, so yeah, I'm very like yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um and so these two men are just sitting at the table. Gus is like hypothetically, you know, what would you do if you were in my situation? He sort of explains his situation and he was like hypothetically what would you do? Um well, you knew someone was the bad guy but you couldn't prove it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you if you knew someone was a bad guy um, but you couldn't prove it. What would you do? And the guy was like, "You find the proof," which was like solid advice. Yeah. And then he tells this uh, parable. Uh, this parable that I thought was actually really good. I mean, it was. Yeah. He says. So, so let me let me explain it for the listeners. He says. Um, um, there was a man, there was a, there was a rich man who woke up one day and picked up the newspaper and saw all the bad that was happening in the world. And so he says, I'm a rich man and I can solve this. And so he donates all of his money. Um, and then he, the next day he picks up the newspaper and sees there's still all of this bad happening in the world. And he reads about these uh, th these people that die because there wasn't um, uh, there wasn't a liver that was available for them, and so they died. And so he he goes to the his doctor the next day, and he says, "I want to know is a kidney. He wants to donate a kidney." Um, and so he donates a kidney, and then he wakes up, and he still doesn't feel satisfied, and he still hasn't solved all the world's problems. And so he goes back to his doctor, and he says, "I want to donate everything." I want to donate my liver, my heart, my eyes. And the doctor's like, no, that's suicide. What, you can't do that. 
And so he goes home and he's sitting in his tub and he slits his throat and he writes on the wall with his blood before he slit his throat, like donate everything. Um, and, and he gives everything he can give his entire life, his entire flesh to help the world. And then Gus goes, and did it work? And the priest is like, what do you think? <laughs> have, have all the, the world's problems been solved? Um, and Gus is like, oh, yeah, good point. Um, and he goes, so, so what's the point of that story? Um, and I forgot what the point of the story was. It's my second favorite quote of this episode. Okay, you, you finish it off. Only a fool thinks he can solve the world's problems. There we go. There we go. Yes. I thought that was, I, I really like that scene. Yeah, I like the way it ended. Yes, for sure. Only, only a fool can think he can solve the world's problems. Yeah. That doesn't stop Gus from being a fool. No. Poor Gus. Oh, poor Gus. I so, so, so Gus takes, so, so the, the priest leaves. Um, Gus is taken away from that conversation. He goes, he tries to lay down. He can't sleep. Um, so he thinks, you know what? Why, why did I catch him? He, I, I caught him in a car. He drove to Duluth. Now he's on foot. Why did I catch him on that road? Why was he standing on the road that I saw him in? So he goes back. And, and if you remember, the road that Malvo was standing on was right in front of the supermarket king's house. So he says, okay, I got to go back to this road. There must be something about that road that will give me some clues. Meanwhile, so, so that we leave that. Doesn't look good for Gus. No. Doesn't look no. good for Gus. Meanwhile, um, the supermarket king calls Malvo and says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna deliver, I'm gonna, I'm gonna deliver the money. Like, let's do this. And so Malvo goes, picks him up, and drives him to the supermarket so he can put a million dollars in a briefcase. The same briefcase, by the way, that he found. The, the same briefcase. Yeah. Um, but I, I, if I was in his position, I would do that. It's like full circle. Um, but that's, that's a good catch. Um, so he's at this point, he's like multiple days of without his medication, uh, but not just that, but on Adderall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's just losing, he's just lost his mind. Not only has he been on Adderall for multiple days, um, instead of his med medication, but Malvo has enacted the literal plagues on this man's life. It was coming. I told you the firstborn is the one he was really worried about. And, and so he's just losing his mind. And his son comes in while he's putting all this money in his briefcase and says, um, I like found out more information about the crickets. They're not from around here. They're the kind of crickets you can buy from a pet store. And he, he, this man, his son figured it out. He, yeah. he figured out what happened. But the supermarket king's like, shut up. Don't talk to me. Like, you're next. I can't let you die. He shows some like love for his son. Like, yeah. I, I can't let you die. Like, shut up. Meanwhile, he could have solved this whole thing. 
but yeah. I'm confused too. What is Malvo trying to do? Why wouldn't he just kill the supermarket king as soon as he gets back in the car and then leave? I don't know. I think he's trying to get away with it. Yeah, that seems stupid too. Right? Like he he just he wants him to drop the money, think that it's over, and then take the money and get away with it. And have no one searching for him. Um, if he just if he just kills the supermarket king, then the supermarket king's head of security is gonna come looking for him. So yeah. it's 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 dirtier that way. Yeah, I guess I'm thinking we have to get in the 2006 mindset. I feel like you feel like you can dupe people easier in 2006, and it's like, go, oh my god. Take, well, I mean, just take a million dollars from a man like that. Like this man's just giving you a million bucks. I'm just saying. Uh, and if if he if he just killed the supermarket king right there, he couldn't split it with the trainer. There is a downside. <laughs> um, so so he, uh, Milos um, collects all his money. He gets back in the car and they drive home. Uh, Malvo's driving him home. It's unclear why he needed Malvo to drive him, but yeah. Malvo's driving him around. Um, and on the way home. In front of his his house, we see Gus doing God knows what. He's like digging in the snow. It looks like, um, but he's there, and Malvo sees him there. Malvo knows he's putting he's connecting some dots. He's putting some things together. He flashes on his brights so he so Gus can't actually see inside the car, and he drives right past him. I'm surprised Malvo didn't swerve and hit him. Yeah. Um. But he was going to take care of it later. So he just drives right past him. He drops. He drops the supermarket king off, and uh, Malvo's like, "Do you need me tomorrow? Like, how can I?" And and Milos is like, "Nah, here's your money. I'm done. Like, you couldn't help me. Here's the rest of the money. How are you? Like, it's over. I never want to see you again." He's basically like, "You can stay here tonight, but yeah. in the morning, I want you gone." Um, how did Malvo get that car? That SUV? I think it's Milos's car. Why did he take it? Oh, that's that's a good point. I don't know. I don't know how he got it. Because the next scene, um, uh, we see Gus. Gus has has left uh, the the spot in front of uh, the supermarket king's house, and he's driving home. And so we see him pull up into his driveway and into the driveway of this apartment complex, and he's he's going back home. And then right behind him driving that same SUV is Malvo. Malvo sees him click on the light inside, knows exactly what apartment he lives in, um, is about to kill him. Yeah, that's when I got scared. I'm like, the bet. Yeah, I lost the bet. I lost He's about the bet. to kill him. I, I pulled out my phone and I, 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 had, a, I had a message. I, I started typing out a message. I love it. I was, I was so excited. Um, but before I press send, I was just going to wait, wait for it to happen. But clearly, like he, Gus was going to die right then. Um, I had all this built up energy and emotion. I was so excited. Getting the and game then, winner. You just thought. And then you hear a knock on the window. Oh. and it's the priest freaking priest and he says uh you don't belong here and malvo's like yeah i do and rose back up the window <laughs> and the priest knocks on the window again and he says i'm the neighborhood watch my kids live here 
you're going to do something that is, that's going to put my kids in, in, in harm's way. You don't belong here. I'm going to call the police. Who the fuck is this guy? That's what I want to know. Clearly someone who, ha- who has his morals and stands his ground. He, where's, talk to Lester, because they're both small-statured men, but this guy's Cajon. No, okay. he, he, yeah, he was raised right. Mm-hmm. And Malvo drives away. Yeah. And I was so disappointed. Uh, he drives away, and I was so disappointed. I was excited. And then I was very excited when O'Malley Mall calls my boy Gus. Yeah. So they could have a little rendezvous in the morning. So let's back it up a few uh, a few steps. Um, Molly can't talk to Lester because he's in the hospital. He's unconscious. Um, she she tries to open up his door to just peek inside to see if he's awake. Um, it looks like he's laying on his side. the The camera pans over. Lester's awake. He knows that Molly's there. Um, he knows he's guilty. He knows Molly's about to figure it out. I'm surprised if Lester doesn't try to escape the hospital in the next episode. But there's a there's a police officer stationed at his at his door. Because remember, he was arrested. Was he? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, and so Molly leaves. He goes to Lester's home. Um, of course, of course, Lester has a key under the mat. Of course. And so Molly gets the key, opens the door, breaks the law, like we talked about earlier. She clearly, none of this is admissible in court, but she she has to do it anyway. She walks in, she sees the pool of blood on the ground. She goes into the basement. She's looking around. She looks at the the washer and dryer and she has a thought in my mind, a crazy thought in my mind, this doesn't happen in real life. She, she goes behind the washer and dryer and unscrews the back. It's not like, it's not even a a back where it just pops off. You have to unscrew the back. And then she starts digging around in there. We know, we know that's where Lester hid the murder weapon. Yeah. But like, you can see maybe the washer, you look the flashlight behind it. If it's out of place, but who thinks no and unscrew because this is a true criminal who I know knows right. hide good murder weapons. Like, come on. He's going to unscrew the back and look in. And then there's some suspense. She really digs her arm back <laughs> in there. And I thought she was about to come out with the axe, with the blood. Um, this is really going to be over for Lester. Though. And I thought it was going to be over because, like, of course, Lester left his the murder weapon there. Like, we know he hid it there. And I didn't realize that he had moved it, but I thought it was still there, but nothing. I think when he went back the second time, because he went to the brother's house and then he went back again, back home again, remember with the brother, because he's like, you don't have a cleaning. Yeah. And I think that's when he got it. That's when he moved it. Yeah. Molly was right there. I also thought, was it the other one? Because yeah. she, she only looks behind one of the washer dryer and there's there's two. So I was like, was it the other one? Yeah. Uh, and so next scene, um, she doesn't find the axe. She's just standing in the basement. 
um, I also, there was, there was some suspense. I thought maybe like Malva was going to show up or someone was going to show up and kill her in the basement. Oh, like that's what I told like, you. She is on the verge of death too. But, but she's not, she's not because, because and we'll go, we'll have predictions we'll have predictions next. But, um, and she calls Gus and says, let's meet up tomorrow. Hmm. Gus just moments away from death. Uh, Molly moments away from finding the, her, the, the, the murder weapon that is going to nail Nestor. I mean, Lester, um, and that's it. That's the episode. Yeah. It was a good episode. It wasn't <laughs> as as uh, action packed as some of the other episodes, but but a lot of seeds have been laid, and we're gonna we're gonna see them sprout in the next couple of episodes. I definitely think the death peaks up because it was like first, second episode, a lot of people die. Then we're like good storyline, and I think now we're going you know six, seven, eight people start dying. Yeah, they know too much. And Malvo's okay. Do you think Malvo's getting caught? Getting caught? No, no, no. I think he kills someone before he gets caught. Do you think Lester goes to jail? Well, let's let's move into predictions. Okay, we're just all right. We're just next segment. All right, predictions. I I've got two predictions for for next week's episode. Okay, what are your predictions for episode six? Gus dies. Gus is what? the only Gus is oh, the only God. death. I was thinking of Lester. So <laughs> Gus is the only death, but he dies. Um, second production, um, Supermarket Kings, uh, either him or his security guy finds out that it was Malvo and the trainer who were pranking him. I don't, th- I don't think he gets away with the money just that, that easily. Man, that's a, that's a big episode. For- that, that would be a big episode, yeah. Okay, but well that's my two predictions. What are yours? Okay. I think the dynamic duo dies. You, you, you're on this kick that they're going to die together, Gus and Molly. But I also like your thing of I do think they both deserve solo. It's like Game of Thrones. Like they each deserve yeah. a solo death episode. So they do. He's a less famous, so he'll or less popular character. So he'll die first in episode seven. Molly so, is the know. only character who's holding on to the truth. She is, she is, she she is uh uh what what's the word I'm looking for? She she is like her sole purpose of in this show is is the person who holds and finds truth you can't kill her you can't kill her until the very end Uh, and i think we find out a little bit more about dad because i feel like he's he's been a lost character molly's dad yeah molly's dad okay he comes he he clearly has some background that we don't know about uh, completely yet and we're going to have to, like, the Duluth Police Department and him, how are they going to meet up? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good prediction. If Molly dies, I think he becomes a, a bigger piece. It's like, does she die with three? Because she's already made it through five episodes. It's like, you can't kill her now. At least, you know. Yeah. She, she, she's going to crack the case. No. Well, she has. She knows, but she she's gonna really crack it open. She she just sort of put a little dent in it now. She's close. Gus Gus has no value. 
I feel like his daughter could raise herself too, honestly. Wow. Let's <laughs> she give her the money. Like I feel like he's just kind of. There's no way though he made it a decade as a single dad like that. Like maybe he did. I forgot. He's a bad cop. He's a good dad. Bernadette. Or go watch party.